if someone came up to you two Christmases ago, well, are we counting last Christmas? Yeah, we, we, two Christmases ago, 2019, we had animals in the old building, inside the building as well. And if someone came up to you whilst they were going round and said, look, in the next few months, in fact, over the next two years, a virus will spread around the world that will shake everyone and everything and have a massive impact. Borders will be closed, travel restricted, face mask wearing, um, and all of that. Would you have believed them? If they continued and said, and when you think it's safe to go back in the... No, sorry, that's a line from another film. When you think it's safe to go back outside, then... Omicron hits. You think, what? Omicron? You're making it up. If someone had said that to us two years ago, so many of us would have thought, no, that's, that's not, not going to happen. But it seems as if nothing is impossible anymore. That if someone were to say something, yeah, this is going to happen, you think, well, I, I doubt it will, but... You never know now. You look forward to Christmas 2021, and very few of you, according to James's question, have ordered your turkey. Is that because you think, well, I, I, I don't know how big a turkey I'm going to need. Will I need one just for two, three, four, or 13, or however many? We, we don't know. And it is possible that some further restrictions will come into place. And in this context of not knowing what will happen, I want us as a church, well, we want as a church family, to go into the Christmas story and realize that with God, nothing is impossible. And actually with God, all things are possible. And hope is possible now. Over the next few weeks, we'll be thinking of other things that are possible now because of not just the Christmas story, but the seeds that are sown in the Christmas narrative, the things that we learn in that Christmas story with Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. The seeds there that are, are, are in the story are then grown, are then seen more fully as Jesus grows, as he ministers, as he goes to the cross and dies, is resurrected and the Holy Spirit comes and so much is possible now. Nothing is impossible with God. I wonder if you need a fresh renewal of hope this morning. If you are a church member or a regular attender, you would have received an email um, from Joyce saying that Sid's sister passed away recently. Sid and Isabel, we are praying God's hope over you and his comfort for you. For those of you who are close to Gwyn, well, well, Gwyn Brewer, we, we are praying God's hope and comfort for you. As we mark um, an anniversary, well, the, the first anniversary of Tony passing away. What situation are you in? And how is God going to minister his hope afresh to you this morning? and this Advent. 
Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was writing during the oppressive regime of um, Nazi Germany, he spoke of God in a manger, and it was an Advent devotional book, and he says that during Advent, new people are created, or it's an opportunity for people to be made new. And our prayer is that this Advent, as we gather as a church, as we journey towards Christmas and celebrating Christmas, that we are made new for the first time or renewed. Maybe you need an injection of hope this morning, like a shot of adrenaline to use some words from a Bible commentator called Warren Wiersbe. Hope is not a sedative. It is more like a shot of adrenaline or a blood transfusion. Who needs that this morning in the situations that we are facing? And hope needs to be based on something. And one of the things that we will consider is how hope in the Bible is based on the person, the promises, and the presence of God. And it's certainty in the presence, a certain assurance in the presence, in the present time, and a confident expectation for the future that is based on God, not based on government policy or on the ever-changing situation around us or financial uh, pressures and things. It's based on God, who, as we have sung, is able, is with us, and is faithful. And we dive straight in to Angel Gabriel meeting with Mary. Now, it's important to know the context of what happens in the Christmas story. There have been 400 years where God has seemingly been silent. We don't see words from God coming through any prophet. From the end of the Old Testament to the beginning of the New Testament, it's as if God is silent. He's still working, But whilst his people are waiting, they're waiting for him to speak again, as it were. God is still working. And all around the world, starting tonight for the next eight nights, the Jewish people will be celebrating one of the things that God miraculously did during these 400 years. Hanukkah, Festival of Lights. Look it up. Have a look at what God did when seemingly he was silent. But in this situation where we see an angel come and... I've never met an angel, but an angel in the Bible isn't just the cute little child in school nativities. Big, kind of mighty warrior messenger from God. Now, this angel comes and and meets with Mary. Well, what's the context that Mary is in in Israel at that time? Well, it was a time where there was a lot of religious oppression, um, where people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, uh, religious rulers, and authorities at that time, they were telling you how to live and making sure that if you didn't, you were made to feel absolutely worthless. And of course, they lived according to the rules, or they hid their mistakes. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees weren't in the Old Testament, but during this 400 years of God seemingly being silent, the Political changes in that, in that area, <coughs> excuse me, the political changes in that area allowed more corruption to take place. Politics, corrupt, uh, politics and corruption, some sleaze. And the Sadducees making decisions to benefit themselves 
linked to the ruling powers. And the Pharisees making decisions that would um, keep the people, the general people, where they were, even though as they read Scripture, they knew that their role was to help them um, access God's. This context in which God breaks the silence by speaking to Mary, and God breaks the silence through speaking to Zechariah and Elizabeth in uh, Luke chapter 1, where God breaks the silence by um, not using um, sat-nav but star-nav to, to help uh, people who are far off come and see the, uh, the baby Jesus. God breaking the silence um, in so many different miraculous ways. He's breaking it in a, a time where people are waiting in dry, restrictive religiosity. And they are in need of an injection of hope. Maybe some of the things that I've said about the context then, you can see some similarities in your own life or in some of the situations that we have around the world. And God speaks a message of hope, a message of truth to Mary. And as we look at the Bible, it's important to think, well, what did it mean for Mary or for the person or the people at the time before we jump, what does it mean to us? So let's think about what this angelic, I've put one feather up because well, the angel wouldn't necessarily fit on the screen. But big, mighty warrior visiting Mary, a teenage virgin betrothed to be married. What, what's the message of truth from heaven for her? And let's see what God is saying to us through it. He says, greetings, verse 28, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now, mighty warrior, angel, messenger from God, appearing. Now, uh, immediately, and I'm not a, 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 a teenage girl in uh, first century Israel, but I would be pretty scared. Verse 29 says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. You don't say. An angel from heaven appears before her, and she's greatly troubled, wondering what the greeting might mean. The message that is shared, and I want to think about the message before we think about her response a bit more, is really important to understand because in the dry, religious, restrictive religiosity of the time, God sends greetings directly to the person he wanted to meet with. Not through someone else. Not needing to go to a certain place. God directly speaks to Mary and sends a message to someone who would have normally been overlooked in that society. A message to someone who is trying to be faithful but because of the religiosity, probably believed that God was at a distance. And God says, greetings, you who are highly favored. And this phrase, highly favored, is from the same word for grace. And it means um, to, to endow, uh, kind of shower in grace. Shower someone in grace or endowed with grace. God showers you, Mary, 
with his grace. And because of that, his goodness towards you, the truth is that Mary, the Lord God's creator God is with you. That was the message to Mary. I wonder if it's a message that we need to hear for ourselves as well today. That the God of heaven who made everything, almighty God says greetings directly to you. Not in a certain place because you've gone to a certain thing and and done certain things, religiosity and, and, and rituals, but he's, he speaks directly to you and says, greetings, and my heart is for you. My favor is towards you. My grace is going to shower over you. And because it's my grace, I can say that I can be with you. The truth from heaven this morning is God's gracious God wants to be, well, wants us to understand that he is with you. That gives us a shot of adrenaline, an injection of hope. But let's be honest. Like Mary was, she she asks a question in verse uh, 34. How will this be since I'm a virgin? Because Gabriel has already said about um, the baby being born Um, and it'll be God's son and and, and things. Mary's response, first of all, is great great trouble and wondering what kind of greeting it was, and then she asks a question. And we shouldn't be too hard on her because, as I said earlier on, I think we would ask the same, same thing if an angel appeared before us. But I want us to just think about how Mary asks the question, how will this be? Or how can this be? Because I think we ask that question when God tells us truth about his heart towards us. Mary says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Angel Gabriel has already said, you're going to have God's son. His name is going to be Jesus, the Lord saves. You're you're going to um, give birth Um, And it's a fulfillment of prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. He will be supreme, verse 32. He'll be great, the son of the most high, positioned on the throne of the nation by the Lord God. Verse 33, he will reign forever. His kingdom will never end. That'll be a fulfillment of prophecy from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Mary's response, how will this be? Her focus is... I know something about myself, and therefore what you're saying is impossible. I know I'm still a virgin, and therefore what you're saying sounds crazy. How can I have a son? Because biologically, it just doesn't make sense. And she focuses in on the how, rather than the who is giving the message. And I don't know about you, but so often when... Um, I see in Scripture God saying a promise or by His Holy Spirit He says something directly to us. We jump to the how before we remember the who. 
And maybe you need to have a fresh reminder this morning of who is saying a truth message to you from heaven. Who it is that God has revealed himself to be through Scripture and by his Spirit. How can this be that God of heaven shows favor towards me? Because it's God of heaven and he is beautifully gracious. How can this be that I can have hope in a season where it is really, really, really tough and hard? Allow God and God's people to remind you of God's faithfulness, of his kindness, of his goodness, of the fact that he is able to do something amazing. How angel Gabriel answers Mary doesn't go into the detail. If Gabriel did go into the detail of how the virgin birth exactly would have worked out, it would have solved a lot of debate over the years, wouldn't it? And theologians and apologists arguing over, well, yes, it would have been this and that and egg, sperm. But no, Gabriel doesn't go into the detail. It doesn't matter the, the precise how. Gabriel says again, who? The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That isn't a kind of oppressive overshadow. It's an, it's, the word means envelop. That the power of God will envelop you, surround you, Mary. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. That's in verse 35. Verse 36, Gabriel reminds Mary that everything is possible with God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. God is able I wonder if you need to be reminded of that this morning at the beginning of Advent so that you are renewed, your faith is renewed, your hope is renewed. You can believe again that God is able. How can this be? Well, in verse 37, we see, for no word from God will ever fail. If we open our eyes to God's presence... His presence enveloping us. But also open our eyes and our hearts to the truth of his word and the promises that he has given there and by his Holy Spirit. And we then read verse 37, we are refreshed and said, um, and we can believe again that no word from God will ever fail and all things are possible with God, which is another translation of that same phrase. This will help us have hope now and believe that hope is possible now hope needs to be based on something if we're going to have it and i've just put something up that's giving cash online dave could you sort that bit out please there we go i don't know how that happened wow but isn't it true no you'll be you'll like the link here um isn't it true that quite often if a problem comes we'll go well, I can pay for it. See the link? But there's truth in that link. What happens when you don't have the cash to pay for it? You go to the bank and get into more debt. What happens when you're faced with a situation that you want changed 
And you need that hope, and you don't have anything that you can do to sort it out. Hope needs to be based in something that is bigger and greater than ourselves and our own capability. This is the definition that I work with for biblical hope, hope from God's. And it's hope is a certain assurance in the present time and the expectation for the future that is based on the person, the promises, and presence of God's. This hope gives us an adrenaline shot. It gives us that extra energy. It leads to joy and peace during an Advent season where there's great uncertainty or we need comfort and, well, peace with ourselves or with others or an injection of joy. This, This hope is based on something or someone, I should say, that is completely secure more secure than you can pay for. Hope placed on God's, the person of God, the unchanging person of God's, the unfailing promises of God, and the beautiful, powerful presence of God's that envelops us, overshadows us, if we allow ourselves to be open to Him. There are two observations that I just want to share from the, the last phrase that, um, in this passage. Angel Gabriel has, has just summed up to Mary that God is always faithful to his words, that no word from God will ever fail. And then we see Mary's response. Hope is offered by God, but it needs to be realized and taken hold of by us. And in Mary's beautiful and challenging response, we see faith and obedience. If you know other parts of the Bible, or you might see it on Christmas cards, faith, hope, and love. Faith will lead to hope being realized in our lives. Faith and faithful obedience. And we see in Mary's response, and the Lord's servant, may it be to me, or, or may your words to me be fulfilled, she answers. Her reply is so challenging. She still has questions about how God. Gabriel hasn't said, well, it's going to be like this, exactly. He's just said who, and some general things how. So she still has those questions. The situation hasn't completely changed, but in it she has chosen to have faith and receives it. Through this brief revelation and refreshing of who God is, truth from heaven, she takes or makes the response, yes, Lord, I'm open. I wonder this morning how many of us need to make that same response as we begin Advent. This time of waiting, this time of preparation, this time where, in the words of Bonhoeffer, new people can be created or God's people can be renewed. As I asked earlier on, 
who amongst us needs this shot of adrenaline, this injection of hope, this certainty in an uncertain time, this life bringing hope in a time where restrictions may increase. Well, they are increasing on Tuesday. There's uncertainty ahead of us. Will we say yes, Lord, and be open to him telling us about himself, the who, opening his truth to us as we read at this Christmas and Advent time? Will we be open to God's Holy Spirit, his powerful presence, enveloping us as we sit with God and we receive this message of greeting from heaven, a message of grace, and a message of closeness with God. Let me pray before we, we sing of God's great faithfulness to us. Father God, we thank you for your words, and we pray that you will help hope be possible in us now. Enable us to say yes to you. Reveal this Advent, to, uh, uh, during this Advent season to us, God, reveal in us who you are afresh. Reveal uh, to us the wonderful truth of your promises, the greatness of, of who you are, and the closeness of your presence. As we say yes in faith, with the, the situations that we are facing, God, I pray that you will show that you are able, that you can do the impossible, and that with you all things are possible. And that no word from your mouth will ever, ever fail. We choose to stand in, those, in that truth and live in it this Advent season. I pray, God, that broken hearts will be healed and restored this Advent. Relationships that are on the cusp or are already separating, restore back to fullness of, of intimacy. Where we have relied on being able to pay our way out of situations, enable us to be people of faith in you, trusting in you that you will provide a way where the is no other way. I thank you, God, that you fulfill the promise that you say in Isaiah 46, verse 11, where you say, whatever I have said, I will do. Whatever I have planned, I will bring about. The promises you've said to each of us, God, the things you have planned in our lives, have your way and bring it to fulfillment this Advent. Amen.